Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, July 14th, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability, totals, hitter and pitcher projections, and of course, look at that weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game played Monday through Sunday. Though there are no Sunday shows, maybe not a Saturday show this week. I'll update this tomorrow, just FYI. We're going to have some a crazy travel situation Saturday, so Saturday may not happen, uh, but I'll keep you all posted on that. That doesn't mean I recommend you make two plays on every game. As my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday was quite a day. Uh, afternoon started off amazing, and the first part of the night game is amazing. Um, then things started turning, and they started turning back looking good, and then just crash and burning at the end. Uh, I was texting with Cousin Jared, and Cousin Jared will be back. He, he's got a lot of work stuff happening right now, but he'll be back for this college football episodes during the All-Star break, and then... Hopefully after that, uh, join me again once a week. Uh, I was texting with him about, you know, the night, and he just said, I can't wait to hear the recap. I'm like, I, I think the recap is going to be a bunch of, like, shrugging and confused looks and grunts and groans. I mean, I, I I don't remember a day with as bad a variance as yesterday. I know it's I know what's happened. I just I can't recall one. Um, it felt like it was a potentially like a top five day of the season and then turn it into negative. I think it's incredible. And I was just, I was just thinking about going through them. You know, most of the wins were just straight up wins. There wasn't a lot of luck in them. I mean, maybe you call the Mariners second game a little bit, but the Mariners controlled that first game. The Mets controlled that game. Um, I mean, some of the big wins that we had uh, were just mostly normal wins. Uh, Maybe a little bit of good luck with the twins and the walk-off. Um, but there there wasn't much there. But then the bad luck, I mean, they had the Diamondbacks. It was only a lean, but the Diamondbacks having that lead and blowing that one at plus odds. Uh, the Pirates, I don't know how they lost that game. And the total, uh, one nothing game in the eighth, total goes over. Uh, Pirates have multiple leads in that one and can't hold it. Get, get two in the top of the 10th, and you're thinking that's pretty solid. They can't pull it out. The Cardinals had a huge lead that was blown. Um the Guardians, you know, even money there, lost a one-run game. Uh, the Reds, I mean, the Reds had multiple chances in that one up. And, and again, it was it – was, I never really thought the Reds going in were going to win. I talked about it yesterday, but that's why I take those plus odds is that weird things happen in baseball, and you thought, man, the Reds might do this. And uh, and they couldn't even in the top of the 10th. You know, first guy gets a base hit. You're thinking, okay, like they got a chance. And then couldn't get it done. Um, and then that Cubs total to push – on a balk when the pitcher pitcher wasn't like a balk like he tried to pick someone off. I don't know if y'all saw it, but he he fell off the mound. It wasn't like it was a, a a bad move or he was trying to cheat or get away with something. I mean, the guy fell down <laughs> off the mound to give us the push run there. I mean, it, and I, I kind of mentioned this yesterday, and I'll, I'll 
I'll stop rambling here and move, move on to today's games soon enough. But I do really firmly believe, you know, you take yesterday, you try to learn from it, but you got to move on. Yesterday, days like yesterday are really tough because I don't, I don't know what to learn off of that. And I really don't. I, um, when you have that many times that you got those shots on goal with plus dogs and they're right there, it feels like a situation where you say, we want to just keep chugging along because we're going to get some bounces and a couple different bounces. And all of a sudden we're talking about three or four big plus dog winners and just a, a huge day. So it's kind of what it feels like with all those close chances that we had there. But on the other hand, I mean, I'm well aware that most of them didn't turn out. And so it's, it's kind of frustrating and you don't want to overreact. You don't want to say, Oh, well, like underdogs never win. Obviously, we know that's not true. Um, so it's, 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 it's a real tough thing. You know, I'm not, I haven't made any changes to the model or anything. It's just, uh, you know, try to think about how I, how I grade the confidence on these and how we're scaling our wages and everything. And it, like I said, it's, it feels like it's, it's right there yesterday. And, and I think the, you know, a couple of things go differently um, for us, of course. And so it's, it's, it's a tough place to be because I don't want to just blindly say, well, let's just keep losing like yesterday. But on the other hand, I, I just can't help but think that if we keep doing that process and get these sort of games, all we needed was a couple to be positive and we could have had four or five flip and been just a banner day. So a tough one, a tough one to swallow. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we have these bad days like that with the bad luck and they suck and, and we'll get, we'll get a good one. We've had plenty of good ones where it's just, everything goes right. Those are a lot more fun. We'll, we'll aim for one of those hopefully. Uh, but before we get to today's game, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game, hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment. If you're on YouTube, I love those and try to respond to, as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. For those of you who like the horse racing, we've got a team of five with tons of experience in handicapping horse races, trying to figure out where to invest your money there. Again, if you like playing the ponies, they've got a play of the day. They've got a YouTube show that goes through more of that. Today, their best bet is at Delaware Park Race 2. Links are in the description. So we'll get right to it here today with a day game, an early day game, 12-10 Eastern first pitch Pirates at the Marlins. I already talked about this game yesterday, just how heartbreaking that was. I'm going to be back on the same two plays today, Pirates and the under. Zach Thompson versus Braxton Garrett. Zach Thompson... You know, not good. Uh, 430 ADRA, advanced metrics say it should be in the low fives. So not a guy I'm confident in as a pitcher whatsoever. The play on the Pirates has nothing to do with him. He's a, definitely a detriment <laughs> to this. And, of course, the Pirates are levers are, too. The Pirates are levers now grayed out. One of the worst relievers, uh, relief, relief pins in the, in, in the game. And, and we saw it yesterday. So, I mean, the, the pitching for the Pirates is not good. The benefit for them is, as we've been talking about, the Marlins offense is just terrible right now. Um, you know, zero runs into the eighth inning yesterday in that game. Um, at Brubaker's solid, but I, I don't think he's anything more than that. So um, that's going to be the only thing that helps the Pirates pitching here is just how bad the Marlins offense is. It's, it's weakness on weakness in this one. And 
I tend to, to think it's going to be lower scoring. I mentioned this in the past with the old ball, you tended to see weakness versus weakness and you tended to see the hitters take advantage of that. And this year when we see weakness versus weakness, we tend to see the pitchers take advantage. So I don't think the Marlins are going to score that much. Not that Thompson's that good and the Pirates bullpen's that good. It's that Marlins offense is just terrible right now. The Marlins will throw Braxton Garrett at 433 ERA. And the advanced metrics say it should be about a half run better. He grades out his average, gets a little bit of a ding because I don't expect him to go deep into the game. And that, of course, adds some extra variability, gets to the Marlins bullpen. The Marlins bullpen, which at one point was viewed more as a strength for this team, is now rated right at league average. Of course, the Pirates offense isn't very good either. So I like this under... At seven and a half, it's only a lean though because the pitching just isn't that great to make me feel that confident. The model spits out a number of 7.4. So I think under is the slight way to go into like the minus 104, but it's not what I'm overly confident in because as bad as these offenses are, the pitching doesn't give me that much confidence either. But I like the Pirates at plus 154 as a B-grade pick. The model spits out 147. Still thinks the Marlins are the better team, but there's just too much value to pass up here on the Pirates. They hang in these games who knows if they're going to win, but it's kind of like I talked about in the intro. If we're getting numbers like this plus 150 type prices and they could hang in there, we're not going to win all of them. We're not going to win 50% of them, but as long as we're winning, you know, 45% or so of those types of games, it'll turn out profitable in the long run. I'm trusting that process. I think the Pirates have a chance to hang in there. Nothing in this game screams the Marlins are a great team here. They do have an edge pitching, but that's about it. And the Pirates have won the first two, hung in there in the third. I think they can do the same thing. I think it's worth a stab on the Pirates at plus 154. I just don't like laying a price like minus 170 with the Marlins. It's just too steep of a price with the pitcher in Braxton Garrett, who isn't amazing in my opinion. The other afternoon game, a late afternoon game, 310 Eastern first pitch. Padres at the Rockies. Um, It's going to be hot in Denver today. Um, it's gonna be in the mid nineties. I, I feel like I feel like I might have to double check that and like confirm. <laughs> like that can't be right. Uh, the weather that pulled in here: ninety five degrees at last pitch, ninety eight degrees at first pitch, with a chance of rain as well. So something to keep an eye on there if there's any delays. Winds will be blowing in at about ten miles an hour, so that'll help. But the ball is going to absolutely fly out there. Of course, two offenses that I don't really have a ton of faith in. Both of them grade below average. Uh, Blake Snell will get the start for the Padres, pitching fairly well lately here, maybe showing some signs of life. His advanced metrics, his ERA should be about a run lower than it actually is. So a guy who I don't think is that bad uh, to back. Kyle Freeland for the Rockies, a 4.7 ERA. That's about what you got for him, average pitcher. Um, Total is 11. I'm going to go under that with just a lean. The model spits out 11.1, even knowing that the weather is so warm there. But it's so warm, I can't go too heavy on that grade. I do think, though, that both pitchers are good enough to keep these offenses kind of in check. But again, you never know with cores. You sometimes see games with seven runs, sometimes with 17 in that atmosphere. So uh, just not a lot of confidence there. It's not one that, um, you know, if, if if it wasn't Snell and it was like a, you know, a guy like a Nick Martinez, maybe you think, okay, there might be a good chance for the Rockies to score. Padres offense will get a few off of Freeland. All of a sudden, we could get up to that number pretty easily as it is. I don't really know. I think I think Snell's a, a good enough pitcher to hold down this Rockies offense, but with that heat, I'm not comfortable going uh, too heavy on this under. And I'll take the Padres at minus 129 with a B-grade pick. Um, model says minus 139, and again, I'm giving the Rockies an extra boost for the fact that they play better at home. 
this Rockies team is hard to figure out. Um, I haven't done really well with them all season, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. The model says Padres. Model all kind of always fades the Rockies, so do with that what you will. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the model and say it, it's a. I don't want to dive too down the rabbit front on the rabbit hole here, but the model hasn't done well with the Rockies, and we all know that. Um, the model's updating. The model's adjusting itself. The model's giving credit for teams who are playing well and overperforming. So it's trying to catch up. Uh, maybe it hasn't caught up enough. It's very possible. I, I honestly don't know. It's really tough in these situations because as much data as there is in baseball, there's not a lot of data on each team. Uh, you know, if if all you took was an elementary stats class, one of the things I tell my students all the time is like, when you hear something like the central limit theorem means the sample size of 30 in order uh, for that to hold, A, there's like a billion caveats around that that hopefully your teachers have dove into. But then B, that's like not a rule of thumb for everything, right? There's no such thing as like 30 does any magic number for you. So it's like, yeah, we've got a decent amount of games on some of these guys, but there's still a lot of random variability, especially when you talk about a round bat hit and a round ball. So it's a situation where just because the model hasn't done well with the Rockies, it doesn't mean that the model's still not right and the Rockies have just been outperforming and that's going to come back down to earth. It also doesn't mean the model's wrong. We just, we just don't know. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the model here and say that the Padres at minus 129 is a fair price and there's a little bit of value on it. That's my angle on it. It's all about the price. Um, doesn't mean the Padres win. doesn't mean the Rockies win. I have no idea. I just think that the Padres should be a little bit more favored because I still just don't believe in this Rockies team where the model doesn't. But again, that could be right. It could be wrong. It's really hard to say. I wish I had the perfect answer for you, but that's life and statistics. So sometimes we have to just say we don't have an answer. And in this case, I don't know what's going on with the model in the Rockies. They've outperformed so far. Is that predictive going forward? I don't know. I'm on the Padres today. Hopefully, I can pull it out on this one. So, to five Eastern first pitch, Braves at the Nationals. A warm one in Washington. 90 degrees. Start 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing mostly across and under five miles an hour. Snow wind effect. Kyle Wright versus Annabelle Sanchez. Kyle Wright's fantastic. I've been on all season long. 297 ERA. Advanced metrics trail that just a little bit, but a guy I've loved backing. Annabelle Sanchez hasn't pitched this year. I don't even remember the last time this guy's pitched. It seems like forever. <laughs> um, uh, he projects to be in the low fives on his ERA and kind of advanced metrics right there. So not a good pitcher for the Nationals, not a good bullpen for the Nationals, a good bullpen for the Braves, a decent offense for the Braves at this point, and a bad one for the Nationals. I mean, this is Braves, Braves, Braves. I'm on them at minus 210. I don't think it's a good price, though. It's just a lean for me. The model says it should be 197, um, but you're not getting enough value on the Nationals to back them. Now, that doesn't mean that won't be the case later today. If I could get a number like, if I could get the flip of this at like plus 210 on the Nationals, I probably would think say that's a better better angle. Um it's just there's not enough value right now for me to be on the Nationals. No reason to fade Kyle Wright unless there's a lot of value against them. And I don't think there is. Um, it's a steep number, but the Braves are just a better team. The Nationals are garbage. I've been saying that for a long time now. Um, like I said, I'm on the Braves. I just don't like this price. If this price drops under and you, and you get a number starts with a one, all of a sudden now that probably jumps to a B grade. But at 210, it's just too steep for me to overly invest in it because baseball's weird and weird stuff happens. And so I just don't want to be too heavily invested at, at a bad price. Total's nine and a half. I'll take that under with a B grade. It is minus 122, which means it's like, uh, you know, a drop of a feather from dropping to nine. I still think under nine is the way to go, especially if you can get something like minus 105 or even money. It would still be a B grade pick. Now, if you had under nine at something like minus 
you know, 115 minus 120. Now it's questionable. The model spits out 8.6. I'm not sure how much I buy that because I don't know what to make of Sanchez at this point. He gets a rating of 112. It seems maybe a little bit generous. I mean, guys who've been in and out of the big leagues, you know, like he has been um, coming up and pitching in the middle of the season, whether it's injury or just reinforcements, always a little nervous about um, this Braves offense still above average, barely, but still above average. I think, you know, it's warm enough there. The Braves could easily score seven or eight by themselves. So I'm not going too heavy on this under, but I think under the right side. I don't see Kyle Wright giving up too much. And as long as the Braves don't throw their garbage relievers at the end of the end of the game, I think they hang on. If you like the first five market, you could look under there because I don't think the Nationals score off a right. The issue there is if Sanchez blows up, it wouldn't take, but maybe, you know, one, three run home run to all of a sudden switch, uh, switch that play. So I'm going to go full game under, I think nine's possible, so I like that we get the winner here with the juice. Uh, but like I said, if you can get under nine, but like plus 105, or excuse me, minus 105, that's probably about equal in my mind. So in a five Eastern first pitch, uh, Royals at the Blue Jays, Omaha Storm Chasers at the Blue Jays. If you hadn't heard, the Royals have about half their team out, a couple of their better starters, about half their offense. Um, doesn't really matter if they have relievers out. I don't trust any of them. Uh, this game is going to be ugly. Uh, Kevin Gaussman's getting the start for the Blue Jays, supposedly. Hopefully he's back from his injury versus, who knows, for the Royals. Uh, uh, one source had Carlos Hernandez. One had Jackson Cower. Neither guy is good. It's going to be a lot of bad bullpen for the Royals. I mean, this is just going to be a train wreck. The Blue Jays, 100 to nothing in this one. I mean, it's going to be ugly. Now, it's all about the price, of course, because random things happen. And even if you took a minor league team and put them against a major league team, every once in a while, they would win. It's that, you know, if you played a triple A team versus a major league team, 162 games, it would not be 162 and 0. So we have to be careful about laying too big of a price. But my model says about minus 300 is a fair price. So anything that starts with a two is a good deal on the Blue Jays, assuming that it is Gaussman. Um, it's just hard to see the Royals with half a team doing anything in this series, especially against Gaussman. Uh, their only good offensive players, it seems like, are, aren't playing in the series. And so it's hard to see them scoring. They're, you know, their bullpen's going to be in shambles in this four-game series with a couple of their better starters out. Their bullpen already, I don't think, was very good. Blue Jays' bullpen, not good, but it shouldn't matter. I mean, this should be a sweep for the Blue Jays. It's just it's all about the price because all it's going to take, if we're laying too big in numbers, is one accidental Royals win to really throw things off. So... Just be cognizant of the price, but obviously the Blue Jays are the, are the team that's probably going to win. It's just, what are we having to pay to get it right now? There's no line, uh, but I will tweet out a pick and update the sheet when that becomes available. 7 to 5 Eastern, start time, Reds at the Yankees. Low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. A slight breeze out, only about 5 miles an hour though, so main thing here is... Uh, you know, kind of normal weather, maybe slightly hitter-friendly, but not by a ton. Luis Castillo versus Nestor Cortez. Castillo's been fantastic. 292 ERA, advanced metrics right behind it. Nestor Cortez, also fantastic. 274 ERA. Advanced metrics lag about a run behind that, though. So at this point, I still think Castillo is the better pitcher between the two, as much as I like Cortez. Two really good pitchers here, and that's why I'm on the under eight at minus 104. It's a B-grade pick. Total spits out a number in the sevens. The Reds' offense, as I mentioned yesterday, has been trending up, and the Yankees' offense is really good. 
I just think both these pitchers are good enough to keep this a, a lower scoring type game. My biggest fear with the under is actually the biggest reason why the Yankees get a B grade is that the Reds have been in both of these games in the first two games of the series. I'm a little bit concerned about their bullpen depth. They don't have a ton of it. How much more do they have with regards to throwing their better pitchers? Because when they get to their weaker pitchers, it's 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 not pretty. So the biggest fear I have with this under is that the Yankees do get out. Um, you know, and say it's four to nothing in the seventh, you know, five to nothing in the seventh, and we see some of the weaker Reds relievers that could really spell trouble. But otherwise, I really like both these starting pitchers, and I'm not sure as good as the Yankees' offense is, they're gonna have a hard time scoring five off of Castillo. It's not like it's a 95 degree night with the wind blowing out. So I think this stays lower scoring. I like the under B grade pick, and I like the Yankees a B grade pick at minus 184. Actually, a little bit of value on this number. The model says 191, and as we've done before, anytime the model has said there's value on the Yankees, I tend to jump and jump pretty hard because of the fact that when that's happened, the Yankees have been such a profitable team to back. It hasn't always worked, but it's worked way more than it hasn't. They've been one of our more profitable teams to back. I think 184 is a pretty solid price here. It's not good enough to get an A grade, but it does get a B grade for me here. You could also look run line. I just don't Love the run line market. I don't have a ton of success there, so I don't really know how to handicap it any better. I think just lay a little bit of the odds. That way you still have a chance for that walk-off. Again, if it does get into a bullpen duel, despite the fact that two nights ago the Yankees lost that matchup, you still want the Yankees bullpen over the Reds bullpen. We all know that. So if it does, if it's tight late, you still want to be on the Yankees, and you still would rather not delay a run and a half with them being home. So I'm just going to lay the odds here, minus 184. The Yankees is a B grade, and I like that under eight as well. I think the number should be seven and a half. So a little bit of value here at eight. Red Sox in the race, 7-10 Eastern first pitch. Cutter Crawford versus Drew Rasmussen. Crawford, a 4.50 ERA. Advanced metrics say he's a little bit better than that, but he's not going to give us a lot of length. So he gets a little bit of a dock in the system for that. Drew Rasmussen, a 3.11 ERA. About a half run better than what the numbers say he should be, but a pretty solid pitcher in, in himself. The Rays definitely have an advantage with regards to the starting pitcher. But that's the only area that the Rays have an edge here, of course, other than being at home. I think this is a toss-up-y type game. Red Sox offense is better than the Rays offense. Somehow the Red Sox bullpen grades out better than the Rays bullpen. It's it's hard to get that narrative of how bad the Red Sox pen was earlier in the season out of the head. But the model says the Red Sox pen's better, and so Crawford obviously not going to go too deep and gets into some of that pen. You're obviously a little bit nervous as to who goes, but there's some arms in there who are decent. I think it's a coin toss game. The model says the Rays should be a minus 106 favorite, not a minus 126 favorite. So I'll take the Red Sox at plus 115 with a B-grade pick. I like the plus odds in a coin toss game. Who knows what's going to happen? Again, it's one of those where if we can play this game 100 times, it's going to work out well for us. Unfortunately for us, they only play it once, so who knows? But as much as I like Rasmussen, I think the Red Sox can hang in there and their edges in the bullpen on offense kind of nullify that. Coin flip game plus 115 offers some value on the Red Sox with a B-grade pick. And I'll take the under 7.5 with a lean. The model says 7.3. Not one I'm too confident in. Um, I don't really trust the Rays' bullpen. I don't trust Crawford starting off in this game. But in general, you have a pretty big pitcher's park. And so unders tend to be smarter plays there. I don't think this number really should be seven. If I thought it should be seven, then I would say it's a B grade pick, but I think seven and a half is probably the right number. I just think minus 105, we're getting a little bit of value there because I think the odds should be probably flipped. I think it should be maybe more like minus 115 on the under. So a tiny bit of value on this under, not a lot. I don't think it's worth a huge investment in my mind. And hopefully we can get that coin toss winner with the Red Sox. 17 Easter first pitch Tigers at the Guardians. 75 degrees to start in Cleveland, about 70 to close. 
breeze blowing in under five miles an hour. So more pitcher-friendly weather here, especially as this game moves on with the chillier temperatures, especially for July. Elvin Rodriguez versus Tristan McKenzie. Um, Rodriguez is not good. Tigers bullpen, though, is solid, at least from now until they trade all their arms away, which is inevitably coming. Tigers offense, not good, though. Guardians offense, just average. And McKenzie, a good pitcher. I'm on this under at eight and a half. It's an A grade pick, even at minus 125. It'd be an A grade eight on eight as well. Hopefully, you'd get better odds at this, but the model says 6.8, and I kind of agree with it. I think seven is the number that this game should be hung at. I do not trust this Tigers offense to score whatsoever, especially off of McKenzie, who's solid. And the Guardians offense, I don't think can get there by themselves. Guardians probably win this game, but I think it's low scoring. The environment with the weather makes it set up to be low scoring. Uh, Cleveland's not really known as a hitter's park. It's fairly neutral. So, I mean, eight and a half just seems way too high. I think eight's too high. Like I said, I think the total should be seven. I'd still go under seven and a half, but it would definitely drop a grade for me there because I love that push protection if you're going under eight, or in this case, the win at eight. My favorite total of the day here, under eight and a half in Cleveland. And I'll take a chance with the Tigers at plus 204. This whole AL Central is just terrible. Or mediocre or forgettable. I don't know what word you want to use. I, who the heck knows what's happening with any of these teams anytime they play, all of them, literally. I mean, if you have any idea what's happening in the AL Central, then you're probably like the only person in the country. I mean, I guess the Twins are solid, but even they've been a roller coaster. The Guardians have been a roller coaster. The Tigers have been a roller coaster. The Royals have been terrible. And then all of a sudden they look kind of good, but I still think they're probably terrible. And the White Sox. Goodness gracious, they've been a disaster as well for the most part. I mean, it's just a who the heck knows what's happening in these games. Plus 204 just offers a lot of value because I have no idea what to expect. Sure, the Guardians should win. They have a better starting pitcher and they have a better offense. But with how wonky that division is, you're giving me plus 200? Sure, why not? Model tends to agree with that. The model thinks the Guardians should be favored, but only minus 165. So my bottom line on this one is the Guardians, again, probably win this game. The model says they win at 62% of the time. But if you're laying a price like minus 225, you are adding way too much risk to your portfolio than is worth it. It's Tigers or Pass. I think Pass is a very respectable option. It just says price in the Guardians is insanely high for, again, a game they probably win. But you never want to be adding... Um, you know, a small payout when a team is 62% likely to win, or even if it's 63 or 64%, you want to add a decent payout for that because 30, you know, 38% things happen all the time, right? Are you all with me on this? Like if your weatherman said there's a 38% chance of rain today and ignoring the fact that that means coverage and whatever, just if he just said there's a 38% chance you're going to encounter rain today and it rained, would you be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You'd be like, yeah, sure. Right? Like 38% things happen all the time. 35% things happen all the time. The Tigers could win this game. And the price is just not worth it on the Guardians. So it's Tigers or pass. I'll take a flyer on the Tigers at plus 204. Who the heck knows with that division? And if it hits, it's a good payout. If not, maybe we can get maybe we can get decent odds like this throughout the series. And the Tigers will win something just because I don't see enough consistency from any team in that division to go out and get a four-game sweep. Dodgers at the Cardinals. Talked about that heartbreaker last night. The Cardinals just could not hang on. Seemed like the right side. Seemed like the right handicap going against... Uh, Gonsolin and the fact that he's been just really lucky all season. And that Cardinals bullpen, which had rated out as a little bit above average. Now, after last night, it rates out as a league average, just really falling apart. Of course, the Dodgers offense is good. I talk about that. That's the, that's the reason the Cardinals were underdogs. Dodgers have an edge on offense going up against 
anybody in the league. I think maybe, you know, it's questionable against the Yankees and Astros, but that'd be about it. And, and otherwise, the Dodgers offense is fantastic. Um, and they showed it last night. It'll be a warm one today in St. Louis, 90 degrees to start, mid-80s to close. Winds will be blowing in, but at five miles an hour or under, so not going to really help us too much for the pitchers there. I'll go under nine at minus 120. It's too hot to have more confidence than that. And these teams have scored too much for me to have confidence. But the model does say 8.4 should be the total. Uh, so a tiny bit of value on the under. But with the heat and with the way these offenses can score, it's not one I want to be too heavily invested in. Uh, it's just one of those, just because there were a bunch of runs last night or the night before, doesn't necessarily mean we'll see them again. Both offenses are very good. But both of these, all these pitchers involved in this game are not bad. And so nine just seems like a little bit too much, especially in a year where scoring is still down. I'll go on, I'll go under, but not when I'm very confident. Same thing if you're going under eight and a half, you need to get good odds or else it's just either a complete stay away or maybe at some point you start thinking about going over if the number keeps dropping too much. It's priced fairly right in my opinion, though. My main play here is on the Dodgers, minus 151. It's an A-grade pick. The model hasn't liked the Dodgers a lot, so it's kind of like the Yankees. Anytime there's an edge on some of these good teams, I want to jump all over it. The model likes Tyler Anderson a lot. 315 ERA and the advanced metrics are only about a half run worse, so it's not like it's complete smoke and mirrors from him. I like this guy. Uh, I think he's a better pitcher than Dakota Hudson. Hudson was a guy who started off really well, but I kept saying was a little bit of smoke and mirrors, and you've seen that recently. His ERA has climbed to four now. Advanced metrics say it should be four and a half. So a guy who rates out as a below average pitcher, I think the Dodgers take advantage of that with that offense. I think they can score plenty of runs. I'm not sure the Cardinals are going to score that much off of Anderson. Then it's just about the Dodgers bullpen holding it down. I think this is a like six to two type Dodgers win. A great pick from the Dodgers. Minus 151 is pretty good value. In my opinion, the model says minus 164. And given the model, it doesn't like some of these really good teams as much as the sports book do just because it, it, it expects a little bit of you can't be this good always <laughs> type thing. Like I said, anytime there's a decent edge on Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, I want to jump all over it. Dodgers, a great pick from here. I think there's value at a number like minus 151. 740 Eastern, first pitch White Sox at the Twins. Mid-80s to start, upper 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in from at 5 to 10 miles an hour. So, a little bit of help there with the win, not a ton, a little. Kind of a normal July night in Minnesota. Johnny Cueto versus Sonny Gray. Cueto with a 290 ERA. Advanced metrics, though, have him a full run higher than that. Gray with a 303 ERA. Advanced metrics, a half run higher than that. So neither pitcher as good as those ERAs. But two pitchers that I like. Cueto still grades out as average. I think that's probably pretty fair. He still projects a little bit worse, but I don't really see why he can't keep up this. Um, the streak that he's pitched well on again, not a, I don't think he will be as good as that sub three ERA, but I think he could be near that. Um, his underlying metrics aren't as bad as they were in years past, uh, as he struggled as he's aged. So I think he's solid enough. I mean, not great, but I think he's okay. And, and Sonny Gray's a pitcher who I like as well. I think both these pitchers are pretty solid. So I'll take an under eight and a half with a B grade at minus 105. The model says the total should be eight. So anytime you get about a half run discrepancy and minus 105 odds, that offers pretty good value. So it'll be under eight and a half. B grade pick is my best play in this one. And I'll take a flyer on the White Sox at plus 142. The model says it should be 138. So it says there's a little bit of value here on the White Sox. Again, as I talked about with the AL Central, who the heck knows? Give me some plus odds and let's just roll with it. There's a little bit of value, not a ton, 
because the Twins do have an edge with the starting pitcher, but that's the only place they have an edge in this game again, other than being at home. These offenses are about the same. These relief cores are about the same. Neither one has, you know, both of them rate out a little bit above average, but both of them make me very nervous. Um, twins have, have the edge with gray, but it's not by enough to justify a price like minus 155 on the Twins, in my opinion. So plus 142, I think there's a little bit of value on the White Sox. If this number jumps even higher, you could talk me into a B grade on it. Anything in the plus 140s, though, I think is enough value. I think it's worth a flyer on the White Sox. Um, and again, as that number gets pl- over plus 145, maybe in a plus 150 accidentally, then it becomes an even more valuable play. 8.05 Eastern start time. Mets at the Cubs. About 70 degrees to start and 70 degrees to finish. Winds blowing in. Not as strong as last night, though. Uh, from center field, about 10 miles an hour to start, about 5 miles an hour to close. Carlos Carrasco versus Keegan Thompson. Carrasco's a 4.55 ERA, but the advanced metrics have him one run lower than that. So I like Carrasco. I think he's undervalued in this spot. Keegan Thompson, other way around, a 3.04 ERA, but the advanced metrics have him closer to four. I think he's a little bit overvalued. I think the Mets have a pretty solid starting pitcher edge here. I also trust Carrasco to give us more length. Anytime we can avoid the variability of the bullpen, makes you feel a little more confident. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes the relievers are good. A lot of times switching guys up is solid. Um, Cubs bullpen isn't bad, but it's just if I can get a starter pitching really well, that takes away a lot of uncertainty, which is always good. I like the edge here the Mets have with Carrasco on the mound. Mets offense is better. I'll take the Mets at minus 133. It's just a lean at this price. The model says minus 134. If I could get a number that starts with it's in the 120s, 129, maybe even minus 130, I think the Mets are worthy of a B grade. It's just not quite enough value on the road. I like the Mets, though. I think they're on the right side. I think they win this game. I'm just looking for a little bit better of a price before I put that second unit on it. It may never happen, but if nothing else, I've at least got the one unit down on them at minus 133. And I like the under here. Under eight to B-grade pick. Hopefully we can avoid pitchers falling off the mounds like last night. But it is still a cooler night in Chicago when blowing in. Thompson, as I said, I think is a little bit overrated, but he still rates out his average. Mets are going to score some runs, but I don't think the Cubs will. Eight just seems like too much. The model spits out a number of seven. I think seven probably is the right number here. It's only not an A grade because that minus 120. If this was like minus 110, minus 105, it definitely would be an A grade. It's a B plus grade as it is. It's just a little bit steep on the odds for me on this one. So like I said, B plus grade on this under eight, almost an A grade. If you can get some better odds, I think it's worth it. I just don't think there's a lot of runs in this game. Like I said, I don't see the Cubs scoring much. And the pitchers that the Cubs are going to throw are good enough to keep the Mets, I think, from scoring too many runs tonight. Still 8.05 start time. Mariners, 8.05 Eastern start time. Mariners at the Rangers. I don't know what I'll say about the Mariners. I mean, we, we love the Mariners around here. They've been really good to us of late. Skyrocketing. The ratings of my favorite teams. Uh, they'll throw Marco Gonzalez tonight against Martin Perez, a massive starting pitcher mismatch. So, I mean, the, the the Mariners, you know, threw out Tommy Malone for a bunch of innings yesterday, and and that worked for them. So, I mean, it tells you that like the Mariners can, you know, drop a drop a fishing line in the middle of the lake with no bait on it and catch something, right? I mean, that's kind of what's going on with the Mariners right now, the way they're playing. Uh, Tonight's going to be just as big of a task. The Rangers are not as bad as the Nationals. I don't think they're very good. 
but Martin Perez is a much better pitcher than Marco Gonzalez. So it's quite the uphill battle for a Mariners team that's just been on fire. Obviously, the team that's offered a great value, but tonight's just a tougher task, in my opinion. That's the reason why I don't give him an A grade tonight, because fading Martin Perez has not been a, a good thing for most people this year. In an interesting case here, both of these pitchers have outperformed their metrics. Marco Gonzalez is a 324 ERA, but that's boosted by some good luck and the fact that he plays in such a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Tonight, going up in a more neutral park, as opposed to Safeco, which is, or T-Mobile, I guess is what it's called now, um, which is just really friendly to pitchers. So I don't think that Marco Gonzalez is nearly as good as that 324 ERA. Now, I think he can replicate those results to some extent at home, but I still think his ERA is going to come up when he faces some better teams, when he has, um, you know, those bad bounces, which happen over the course of the season. And as he pitches more games away from Seattle, the advanced metrics say his ERA should be more around five. Martin Perez at 272 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be in the mid to low three. So maybe not quite as good as he's been, but still a very good pitcher. Again, huge turning pitcher edge for the Rangers. But that's the only place that they have an edge. I still think this Mariners offense is better than the Rangers offense. And this Rangers offense doesn't perform as well, or doesn't project as well against lefties due to the fact that they're a more left-handed heavy team with some of their top guys. So uh, I think that the Mariners have an edge on offense. The Mariners have an edge in the, in the bullpen for sure. It's a coin tossy type game. The model says the Mariners should be slight favorites. It says the Mariners should be a minus 102 favorite. So at plus 107, it's enough value for me to give them a B grade. I like the Mariners. It's just, I can't give them an A grade today as good as they've been to us just because Marco Gonzalez versus Martin Perez scares me. But I'm still going to back the Mariners. There are boys. We're going to ride with them. With regards to the total, I'll go under 8.5. Model says 7.4, but with Gonzalez pitching and no, not knowing exactly what he's going to do, and the fact that these Rangers games have just been mostly bonkers with how many runs they've had lately, it's not what I'm overly confident in. It's just a little shell shock. I think uh, the the numbers would say it's a B grade pick. So it's a C plus pick, I guess I would say. Um, Marty Price is good enough to hold down this Mariners offense. And I don't think the Rangers scored too much. I don't think their offense is that good against lefties. So I, th I think under is the right look. But there's just too much variability and too much weirdness with the Rangers and too much bad Rangers bullpen, right? You need Martin Perez to go eight innings. If he goes eight, I really like this under. But otherwise, it's like how many innings we get of this Rangers bullpen is very scary for an under. So it's just a lean on this under eight. I just can't, I just can't quite get there. Too much, too much, too much nervousness with the Rangers pen, I guess. 807 first pitch, Astros at the Angels. A warm one in Anaheim for normal. Uh, low 80s to start, mid 70s to close. Winds will be blowing out all night at about 10 miles an hour. So a little bit of a help there from the wind, potentially. Fromber Valdez versus Reed Detmers. Fromber's fantastic, 264 ERA. Advanced metrics say low threes. Rates out as a very, very good pitcher in the database. Reed Detmers. 422 ERA advanced metrics say it should be about a half run higher than that. So a huge edge in the starting pitcher department for the Astros, a huge edge in the reliever department for the Astros, and a solid edge um, offensively, and they get a little bit of boost off of the handedness edge as well here. I think the Astros have huge edges everywhere. The model says minus 185, so I'm on the Astros with an A grade at minus 159. They're going to really enjoy not facing Shohei Otani. I mentioned that yesterday. It was my fear. My fear with backing either team yesterday was both those pitchers are just guys you don't want to fade. Uh, Javier's been fantastic for the Astros. Got hit around a little bit, but um, you know, 
fading him has not been profitable this year. Um, but Otani's been that kind of that same way other than a couple of starts. He's been just outstanding. So uh, biggest thing tonight is the Astros don't have to face Otani. Uh, otherwise, the Astros offense is mostly rolling. Minus 159 is a gift of a price. Like I said, this should be out in the minus 180s. I'd be comfortable playing the Astros at a number close to minus 200. Probably not quite to that number, but pretty close to it. I'd still play them. Like I said, I just think they have an edge everywhere on the field, and I don't see how this Angels team can win this game um, enough times to justify backing them unless you're getting a number like Angels plus 200. At that point, it becomes worth it. But otherwise, I just think the Astros are the way to go. The price is too low, in my opinion. And I'll take a stab here at the over eight with just a lean. The model does spit out 8.5. These Astros totals are just so tough for me because I don't – Frumber rates out so well in the model. Uh, and, and as an Astros fan, I've watched him pitch enough that when Frumber gets going, you know, last time out he, he threw eight innings against Oakland. And Oakland's offense obviously isn't good. But he threw eight innings against Oakland. And other than the wild pitch and the passed ball and the base hit that went eight feet that got him a run – they got nothing. I mean, you could see that tonight. You could see him going eight shutout innings. And so it's hard to justify going over too heavy. But Sasha's offense has been mostly playing over games. So it's just it's it's not for my stomach to go too hard on this over. But I think if you want to, I don't think you're crazy to like this over with how, how many runs these Astros games have had lately. Um, and I think they score off at Detmers. I think they score off that Angels bullpen. I, I just I just don't know how many the Angels are going to score with Frombor on the hill. I just I'm not that comfortable going over. It might be a situation where you look at team totals, but as I start as to me as I'm going through this logic in my head, I'm just saying why not just back the Angels? I mean the Astros at minus 159. It's a good price. If this was minus 200 on the Astros, now you're saying ooh, the price is really steep. You start looking at some team totals. You start saying do you want to go Astros team total over Angels team total under? Like what's your thoughts there, right? But. As it is, I think the price is just good enough to just play the Astros and move on with life. Keep it simple. Lots of ways the Astros can win this game. If Fromberg gives up some runs, they could score. If the Astros struggle scoring, Fromberg can hold them down. So a lot of ways they win. Minus 159, I think, is a fantastic value. So that's an A-grade pick for me. And then to close us out, Brewers at the Giants. If you could stay up late for this one, it's going to be a quick one probably with these two pitchers, Corbin Burns and Carlos Radon. What a pitching matchup here. I mean, this is the thing that pitching coaches dream of in this one. I don't even know what to say about both these pitchers. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, full stop. <laughs> Two of the best in the game. It should be a doozy there. Weather-wise, it'll be chilly in San Francisco like usual. It'll be 60 degrees to start, upper 50s to close. Winds will be blowing out, but again, probably not going to be too much of an effect in that ballpark. The total is six. I think it's the first six that we've seen all season. We've only seen a couple of six and a half. The model spits out a number of 6.1. So as good as these pitchers are, the model is skeptical that six is a good number to go under on. I'll take the under just as a lean simply because it's minus 106 odds. I think six is the right number for this game. And at this point, I just want the better odds. But it's not a total that I really recommend playing. I think it's priced really well. Y'all know I've loved these unders, but six is so low. I can't go over because I don't know who's going to score in this game, but the offenses are good enough. You know, neither offense is great, but both offenses are above average that it's not like I'm thinking, oh, this is for sure going to be a one nothing type game. I think under's the right side because these pitchers are just so fantastic and they know they're going to have to be fantastic because of who they're facing on the other side. 
but six is so low. There's no way that you can convince me that going under too heavy is a is a smart proposition. But these pitchers are so good. I don't think you convince me going over is a smart proposition. I think it's a good number. I like the minus one of six aspect of it, but otherwise, <laughs> as weird as it sounds, I think six is a pretty good total for this one. But I'll take the Brewers at minus one of six. I think Burns is a better pitcher than Radon. I think Burns doesn't have to be as perfect as Radon does in this game because he has a better bullpen behind him. Now, I know some of the Brewers relievers have thrown in a couple games lately. Haters looked a little bit off. So that is a little bit of a potential concern. But in general, that Brewers bullpen still is a lot better than the Giants bullpen. So Radon has to go, in my opinion, you know, eight innings for this to be a good chance for them to win. Burns, A, loves going eight innings, but he doesn't have to feel like he's got to go nine. You know, if he goes seven or eight, there's still some good pitchers in that Brewers bullpen. Radon, if he only goes, you know, seven, now you got a couple innings of some weaker arms in there. That spells a little bit of disaster for him, in my opinion. I, I think the Brewers bullpen is what just gets it over the top because even though, again, a couple of those guys have thrown lately, still think they're better than the Giants bullpen. Offenses are about a wash. Starting pitchers are about a wash. But I think the Brewers uh, are more likely to win this game than not. I'll take about minus 106 with a B-grade pick. Not over, Never confident fading Radon. Um, and not enough value to get to an A-grade. But I think the Brewers win this one. I think it's the side I want to be on here. Minus 106 isn't a horrible price, in my opinion. So a B-grade pick on the Brewers to close us out this evening. So that's it for today's games. The Apex, Tigers and Guardians under eight and a half. There's a lot of juice to that. If you got to go under eight, I still think it's an A-grade pick, especially if you're in the minus 105, minus 110 range. Dodgers at minus 151 at the Cardinals and Astros minus 159 at the Angels. Only three A-grade plays today. Some better numbers in my opinion. I like those three the most, but I still think there's some good value across the board elsewhere. Hopefully you found something else that you liked there as well. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with a Professor. A reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.